This is the GPL Podcast from gopherpucklive.com. This podcast is sponsored by Jerry Peters and First Class Mortgage. Our expertise, your peace of mind. Visit us at firstclassmortgage.com. Now let's start the show with your hosts, Jupiter and Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL podcast, episode number 205. Hey Viggs, how you doing? Nothing going on this week. Nothing going on. Just your Absolutely, it's just a plain week. No, no reason, you know. We thought it was going to be a quiet week, so we're like, hey, quiet week, let's bring on Jess Myers. It'll be perfect. We'll just relax and just kind of just have a nice nice show. Jess always asks about the upcoming opponent, so if you're going to ask someone to talk about Alaska, Jess is your guy. <laughs> well, let's bring our guest on this week from the rink live. There he is, Jess Myers. How you doing, Jess? If we're going to talk about Alaska, I really feel like I should be speaking Latvian, and I oh, don't geez. know a lot of Latvian. <laughs> <laughs> Have you looked at their roster? It's, it's, it's a little the, Euro focus. It, oh. We're, we're going to get a nice preview of the Olympics this this weekend. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. How are you? Well, we haven't had you on in a couple of years, and I know you keep you keep pinning me down. When are you going to have me on again? When are you? Have... I just I need the money. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this huge paying endeavor right here. <laughs> Well, we're glad you joined us. Uh, obviously, you know, I think the last time we had you on, you had just kind of started the rink live, just kind of getting back into it after a couple of years off. Yep, yep. Um, and now you guys have, yeah, you keep expanding, keep doing more things. You're doing a lot of video now. You're doing podcasts. What aren't you doing these days? We, we've got a great team. I mean, I do really feel blessed. I, you know, Randy, Randy Johnson, my friend who writes for the Star Tribune, you know, covers the Gophers from time to time. We were out in Pittsburgh at the Frozen Four last year, and he's there trying to cover three teams. And we have, you know, three reporters there, and we have Brad Schlossman up on Grand Forks. I mean, we have a really good team, uh, and and we've added, like you say, some video people. We just added Kirsten Krull to our uh, our group. She's covering junior hockey. We've got people covering youth hockey now. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun what we're doing, and and the resources we've been given to do it. I mean, I really feel blessed with what Forum Communications has invested in in time and money and in what we do. And I think it's paying off. I mean, I think we're providing some really good content. I mean, in the past, you were kind of covering the local scene. You would I be was. at Minnesota, you'd go to Duluth. You know, you kind of covered locally. But now, yep. hey, yep. you're on the road almost every week, almost every series. Maybe not all, but most of them, aren't you? Uh, about 10. For 10 years, I covered the entire WCHA. So that was, you know, 10 teams. That was... Uh, that was a lot, you know, getting out to places. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty much full time on the Gophers now. Um, I'm I'm one of the rare folks. Frank and Wally and me are pretty much the only uh, media that yeah. travels um, to to most of the road games. I, I missed the Wisconsin series uh, this year. That's the only uh, road games I've missed so far. So uh, yeah, you had more important things going on that weekend. Was it, it was, was your boy season. getting married? No, no, it was deer oh. season. That was, <laughs> and I missed. I missed the home games against Mercyhurst because my son. There you go. I knew you missed some games because yeah. of your boy getting married. Yep, yep. My just, uh, my, my oldest son has uh, got a wife now. That's 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 weird. It's not weird. It's usually scary. <laughs> I mean, and, and uh, super happy for them. He he found a, a a great girl in about eighth grade, by the way. So it's not like they rushed into this. They had dated oh, for a long time. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Vegs. Kind of joking about the news this week. 
here I'm thinking you've got this great prediction. You know, I was a little on the edge about the prediction of of Michigan State because you know they had to prove it to me in kind of beginning of that third period. You know, or third game, or second game, I was I was a little nervous. But they came through, so I'm like, oh, we got great topics this week. And then everything hit the fan late Sunday afternoon when Mr. LaFontaine signed an NHL pro contract. Yeah, I, I might have a little <laughs> egg on my face still because as people were starting to bring that up. I was like, you know, no. I think Jack's pretty committed to being a student. <laughs> I mean, look, he just started this book club with Frank. Like, he is one of the most intellectual hockey players I've been around since being involved with college hockey. And you just kind of had this feeling. It's like, no way is he going to leave this. He, he talks about this, you know, being unfinished business, you know, how this is his new home. He talks glowingly of all his teammates and how Bob is his papa bear. And then you start seeing tweets that he's at Sally's having goodbye shots with the boys and and (laughs) tears. And, you know, you you hear that he's over at Mariucci crying and you just go, all right, I guess this is real. (sighs) Kind of a shocker, Jess. Were were you uh, at the Vikings game trying to avoid the last game of the season or did you stay home from with your season tickets? So, uh, my son and his wife were at the game. Uh, okay. Let, okay. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about my Sunday. Okay. First of all, <laughs> Saturday night, East Lansing. You know, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. Gophers get a rousing win. You know, I write my story. I go out with my longtime friend Neil Kepke, who the the only guy I know of who's covered college <laughs> hockey longer than I have. Um, you know, we 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 have a we have a Long Island iced tea. We toast another great college hockey weekend. I slept in the next morning at my hotel. I have a later flight. Uh, my old friend Mike Idlebus from InsideCollegeHockey.com. We we get together and have a nice brunch, go to the airport, enjoying a nice leisurely flight home. I'm somewhere over Wisconsin, <laughs> and true story, in flight messaging, I get a text from one of the Gopher parents that just says, "Jess, what the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> and and at first I'm thinking I did something wrong, you know, and then I start checking social media and it's like. Oh boy, we got to get this plane on the ground right now. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff's going bad. Uh, yeah, you know, so. I I must say I like you had a tweet earlier today when you started, or it was maybe it was yesterday when you started talking about you know you're in college to prepare that next part of your life. Yeah, and uh, people shouldn't be too upset about it. People, you know, obviously the team this sucks for the team, but um, Jess, he's this is his fifth year, senior year. He's already graduated. Um, obviously, his stats are kind of down this year. He's not doing as well. And then all of a sudden, he gets this oh. opportunity that he may not have. I mean, if he finishes out the season, he could win a national title or whatever. But he's not going to have the stats and the, the everything that he had from last year. I I really believe he made the right decision here. It's You you get someone who puts this kind of you know prize out in front of you, you need to take it. I, you know, I don't question Jack's move at all. And... Eric, it's funny you talk about uh, you know him him doing shots and and him being at the rink with with tears in his eyes. Jack Lafontaine is one of the more emotional guys I've ever seen, and I was at Yoast last year when he got a shutout there in what at the time looked like it would have been his last game at Yoast, you know where his where his career started, and uh, and man, he was an absolute puddle. I mean, just you know had to be consoled by teammates, and and so I can see that being a tough decision for him. But absolutely made the right move um, uh, for him. This is an unprecedented thing. You know, we haven't, ironically, the last time we saw a college player like this sign in the middle of the season 
was also a gopher. Kyle Oposo uh, took off, you know, midseason 12, 13 years ago. Um, so it's very rare. But I kind of wrote a column to this effect and said, let's look back at the last 22 months. What's normal about any of it? I mean, guys taking literally dozens of COVID tests every month last year, playing in front of cardboard cutouts, um, you know, referees using special whistles so they don't expel as much air, the handshakes going away. I mean, it's just this is just the latest bit of weirdness that we're dealing mm-hmm. with. So, yes, it's unprecedented, but everything about the last 22 months has been unprecedented. What do you think, Viggs? Yeah, we obviously have quite a few fans that are upset. They're, I think they're more upset about, you know, just what's happening to the team. More than upset with the, you know, he's moving on to the pros. But uh, what do you think? I mean, I understand Jack's perspective, you know, getting a spot to play goalie in pro hockey can be extremely, extremely challenging and frustrating. I think there were a couple of years back. I know Jess's team on his Instagram live talked about this, you know, when there was a run on goalies for spots in pro hockey, you know, Duluth lost somebody way before they thought they were going to lose them. You know, Strauss man thought, Oh, I'm going to turn pro and I'll find a job. He had to go to the Swedish hockey league to find a, a net to play goalie in. And now he might end up in the Olympics, which is kind of a cool deal for him. But I think from a goalie perspective, it's very, very different than all the other positions. If there's a spot and you're going to get probably a guaranteed NHL salary for the season and the maximum bonus, that's very tempting for a college kid to take who might not have that opportunity at the end of the year. You know, if Carolina goes out and makes another move to make sure they don't get caught shorter goalie, Jack definitely doesn't have Carolina and they're probably mad at him because he didn't sign with them. You know, they wanted him in the summer. Now on the flip side, the Mm -hmm. Bob side, I think the first 30 minutes Bob heard this news, he was really frustrated because college hockey isn't exactly like free agency. Yes. They can get Bartoskiewicz here this week and he can be part of their roster, but he's not the same thing as a Jared Moe, he's not the same thing as going through the transfer portal and grabbing uh, the, the guy from Cornell that's at Notre Dame, uh, Gala, Gala Deha. You know, you can't get a guy like that mid year. You can't just go to the mm-hmm. wire. You can't trade yep. for somebody. It's very different than the rules that, you know, NHL teams operate in AHL, ECHL, heck, even the USHL. If Youngstown really wants to make a move, they don't have to grab this kid from South Kent Academy U18s. They could make a trade with another USHL team to get a goalie in. Bob doesn't have that choice. Mm-hmm. So it puts him in a really tough spot, and it puts his teammates in a tough spot. And I know all the guys on Instagram are posting, can't can't wish you any more happiness. You're a great kid. You know, Go rock it in the NHL. You know, Live your dream. But at the same point, there's probably some guys on the team that aren't posting on Instagram. They're like, okay, great. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, Maybe everything feels a little more empty to them. And that's how I think a lot of fans will feel. Is they, I, you know, they 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 pay, pay money, and, and it's going to be disappointing not to see him in goal. Can I throw out the, an elephant in the room that I don't think has been talked about enough uh, in this situation? And one frustrating thing for me in defending Jack LaFontaine and his decision, which again, I think was the right decision for him at this point. I don't, I don't necessarily like it, 
but I understand it. I think he made the right decision. Um, a lot of people on social media, and I, I really hope it's the same people that have been harping all year that the Gophers need to make a change in goal because there's there's been that crowd too. <laughs> okay, but a lot of folks have talked about, well, what about loyalty to your team? What where where's his loyalty to the Gophers? It, and that's a nice concept. It really is. Okay, but let's think back to the end of Jack LaFontaine's sophomore year of college. He had played 22 games for the University of Michigan. He was 11 and 11. He had just gotten to a frozen four. Didn't get to play in that frozen four, but he got there with the Wolverines. And the coaches at his college came to him and said, we don't have a spot for you anymore. Sorry, time to move on. Now, what loyalty goes about, both ways. <laughs> what do you learn about team loyalty if you're Jack LaFontaine? And that's not a comment on the way he was treated at the University of Minnesota at all. You know, mm-hmm. for, by all accounts, he was a great teammate. The guys loved him. He loved playing here. You know, never had any bad things to say about him. And, and, and he never had anything bad things to say about his teammates. But with that history in his mind that, you know, that, that's the way loyalty works at some levels that people can just come to you after two years of school and say, no, don't have a spot for you. Good luck. Um, I think, you know, he had to make this move for him at this point in his career. You know, and I think some of it, though, too, Viggs, is that uh, we thought we had more of an heir apparent in Boynton and, you know, medical issues and, and just a lot of things. He's been uh, number three all year. And um, some Sometimes he's been a number three who hasn't even dressed for a game. True. So there are, yep. they've had two I think there's a the concern there. A fair amount, yep. Yeah, I, I think there's a concern there about what his future is at Minnesota. You know, he's got a couple weeks here to be the mm-hmm. absolute best college student athlete he can be. If if he wants to be here, I think this is a chance for him to make a really, really strong impression that he's going to do everything possible to be here. If he wants to go somewhere else and use the portal to go somewhere else or, you know, whatever, you know, he'll have that option at the offseason as well. But it's been frosty. I think every time <laughs> his name has been brought up in the media room at Mariucci. Uh, good job, Jess, uh, keeping the frost and the temperature low on that. Um, <laughs> Pat, Pat Royce asked the question this week, just for the record. He oh, said, come on. Pat shows up once every five years. I, 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 you know, you you guys didn't see it, and I don't know if this came out on the tape, but credit credit Bob Motzko. And, and you know, he and I have a fun relationship. You know, it, it seems frosty at times, but we're fine you know all that but but credit him for a great line he walks into the room and there's all this media there <laughs> and and first he makes the joke that yep the vikings are done you know because that's that's usually when the media shows up yeah and then he says it's great to have all of you guys here it's been pretty lonely and me being me i said gee thanks bob i've been here all year he said yeah like like i said it's been pretty lonely it's been pretty lonely yeah, <laughs> yeah i wish if, if, I had... you're, if you're checking out the rink live Live, you saw that part. Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, we did yeah. see that part. It was very entertaining, Jess, because I was I'm watching a beer, by the way, just so you know. Go for it. <laughs> Viggs will have his later. Yeah. And, you know, it has been kind of fun watching you and Bob go back and forth. Um, you, you know, it's all good. This, especially when it comes to goalies. Last couple of years, you're like, gonna get Mo in, gonna get Mo in. Are you gonna do this? Are you gonna do that? And, uh, yeah, I do have one clip. 
that I've saved just for you, Jess. Um, that's not from the last, it was a couple years ago, but this is one of my favorite clips that happened uh, not too long ago for everyone to listen and see if you're watching. I wish there was one less mistake tonight that we weren't talking about right now. Can you give us anything on Walker injury, no, disciplinary, anything like that? Uh-huh. Just curious. You, you're crazy. I mean. <laughs> 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 the best part is the little head shake toward the end where he's like, "Do you believe this guy?" <laughs> he was he was looking at me, and there's me. I'm the little giggling the <laughs> in the background because you're right next to me. Just the look on his face. Walker, oh, dude, disciplinary? Are you crazy? <laughs> the context was, you know, Sammy Walker's a freshman. He's on yeah. the way to winning Big Ten Freshman of the Year. He's 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 a special forward, and you, you knew it even back then. Well, he's just mysteriously off the line chart. And you know, I said if it's a if it's a fourth line left wing who never plays and he's not on the line chart, I'm not going to ask that question. But Sammy Walker's not there. I mean, that's a big deal. It turns <laughs> out he had a concussion. It was just a one day absence. But yeah, you know, all all Bob has to say at that point is he's a little nicked up. That's okay. Cool. That's all. I need yeah, to but yeah, I I think he likes just kind of getting at you. Yeah. When he, right. especially when the cameras are on. <laughs> <laughs> I actually found that video from like uh, an old Periscope stream I had of it via nice. Twitter. I nice. was able to pick it up and and save it. Um, we'll get into a bunch of more more stuff here about the whole goalie situation. And Mr. Justin Close is now your number one goalie at Minnesota. At least we think he is. But Viggs, you know, we did have some games this past weekend, and uh, Minnesota took the sweep just like you predicted. Um, very pretty solid win Friday night. Got out to the lead, held onto it. Saturday down two nothing, and it was just a blowout from there. Yeah, and what I was really impressed with on Saturday is even though they fell behind, I didn't felt feel like they were chasing the game at any point. I thought they stuck to their game plan pretty well. We even saw Sammy Walker chipping some pucks behind the D and and winning races to the, to the end wall. You know, he drew something we've talked about a long time, Viggs. something we've been talking about. So it's nice to see that switch go, Hey, let's, let's just keep doing what we're doing. We're a very talented team that if we just keep the pressure on things are going to add up. And I think Minnesota had like 90 attempted shots on Saturday that's just a huge output. I think Michigan State only had like 40. So that that's really what you're looking for. And eventually that the talent and the pressure really paid off. And, and that was something I was happy to see. You know, that first goal that the Gophers gave away, that's basically LaFontaine misplaying the puck. And yeah. sometimes, you know, the Gophers, when that happens, they just kind of fall apart. And it was nice to see them not do that on Saturday. And, and another thing about that, Viggs, is that you're always like, it's going to be low scoring. So it was kind of out of character for Michigan State to play that way against Minnesota. I mean, it, the avalanche came and they just couldn't stop it. Yeah, and, and I think not having DeRitter in there, you know, it's a little bit different goaltender to go up against, and, and Minnesota just kept putting on the pressure. And they were getting second chances on on Saturday. I didn't think they were getting as many second chances on Friday, so I think their speed paid off a little bit. What do you think, Jess? You were there, and uh, last two, last like you said, it, it was slow in the beginning, but they they just, I mean, sixty shots. Let me, let me say this. The last two Saturday nights, first of all at Yost and then at, at Munn, okay? They go into that game at Yost, and they had won 6-1 to one on Friday night, and mm-hmm. okay, everything's good again. 
And I was saying to people, this is a really big game Saturday night because you can prove all those problems are behind us. They get the first goal at Yost. Blake McLaughlin gets a goal. It's one nothing. Gophers like, okay, they're figuring it out. They're on their way. And then it just went to heck. You know, they, they give up the next six. Justin Close plays the third period because it just – and so they go into the break with, you know, we can't figure this out. We don't know what the, the problem is, all of that. So flash forward a month, they win a, a, a decisive win against Michigan State, which they should. They're a better team than Michigan State. All mm-hmm. I don't think that's a big secret. Saturday night comes around, you know, LaFontaine misplays a puck and it's one nothing Michigan State. Gophers take a penalty and like 11 seconds into the power play, mm-hmm. it's 2 nothing Michigan State. And that was a case too where uh, LaFontaine made a save, you know, rebound came right out, pop, pop, it's into the net. And it's like, oh boy, here we go again. Gophers get one back, so it's but just but just one. they weren't really playing that bad. They were putting on good nope. pressure at the time. They were playing well, but and their their goalie was playing pretty well too. Pierce Charlson had frustrated them in that playoff game and yes. end last year. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one nothing Michigan State with about four minutes left, and you're thinking, man, Gophers for all their they did in the regular season are going to be one and done in the tournament. They come back. Rice Brodzinski ties it. Sampo Rantzit wins it in overtime. Pierce Charlson, I think, had 50 saves in that game. So second period starts, you're down two to one. They're, they're out shooting them like 17 to two or something like that. Michigan State gets a little break and bang, it's three to one. And it's like, wow, it's just not going to happen tonight. You know, then Gophers get two quick goals right at the end of the second. So it's two, two going into the third period. And then it was just all Gophers beyond that point. And uh, we got to work on this and, and maybe we can collaborate. We got to come up with a, the proper nickname for the, Ben Myers, Matthew Nyes, Chaz Lucius line. Now, the nine lines like, doesn't work. What everyone was saying. I, I kind of like the Niners, but, the Niners. but that's just that's just me. Uh, and, and I asked Ben Myers that question this week. He said, "Well, that, mm-hmm. that's up to you guys." So I think between the three of us, we can figure this out. But that line was just unbelievable. The, the, oh, the gosh, pressure yes. they put on I me. Mean, that line alone had to have thirty shots in that game. I, I, it was crazy. And Vings, you know, we're starting to see more from Brothes too. I mean, he hasn't like I like the way he's been playing. He hasn't been scoring yet, but I I like a lot what he's doing on the ice. I, th- I think he was making more plays. Yeah, I think he was a little more involved. I think a lot in the first half he would just kind of disappear into space, and and sometimes that's not going to work when you're on a lower line. You're going to have to win puck battles. You're going to have to force opportunities to happen a little bit more. But I, but I do think that the Gophers game on Saturday was was a lot different than their game last year against Michigan State against against Pierce. I think Minnesota last year they were putting a lot of pucks right into the chest, right into the glove, yeah. missing the net. It's like some of those things that we have seen come out of Minnesota that's, that's when Spartan logo is a nice target. It, is it really is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not supposed to be a bullseye, but last year it seemed like it. And this year, I think we saw more loose pucks, more rebounds, more pucks into the pads and and more opportunities like the Lucius power play goal. You know, he's just coming in, finding a rebound that was shot real low and putting it up top. You know, the goal that went off McLaughlin, you know, he's squaring up to the shooter so that the goalie can't see the puck. We're, We're seeing more what I think is percentage hockey and smart hockey. Smart basics. Rather than just coursey hockey. Yes. Corsi hockey is when it's like, I want to have a 70 Corsi tonight. I want to just get pucks on that. I don't really care how dangerous they are. I'm supposed to look good. 
I think we're seeing more <laughs> that, real hockey. That's how Kirk Cousins would play hockey? Is what you're saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the stats Look, I got the shot on that. I got the shot yeah, on that. This wouldn't work. Yeah. By the so, way, uh, the, the best line I've ever heard about goalies who consistently make the saves when it hits them right in the middle of the chest, uh, Guy Godowski, the coach at Penn State, once said, they, they say that goalie has a quick sternum. <laughs> oh boy oh boy um so Viggs, you you, ha- you kind of captured the audio a little early of, of uh matsko's radio show i listened to it on monday afternoon i got one guy one guy in covid come to tuesday media availability we got four guys and a staff member with covid You and I are texting back and forth today. You know, could, is it gone to six? Is it gone to seven? I mean, are they going to, is this going to be one of those like tomorrow afternoon things where we're here? Oh, we've got to cancel the weekend. I mean, uh, well, what do you kind of think here? You know, they went from one to four real quick. There's this thing called exponential growth. Yes. And that's what it looks like when it goes from one to four to 10. I, I don't know if we're going to see that from what I know about Omicron and, and vaccinations and people getting infected, you know, transmission rates. I don't think we'll see 10 players get it, but I do think Bob wanted to say, okay, where are we at? Cause this is a very important stretch of games here before guys go to the Olympics. So let's see, let's take our temperature, find out how many guys have this and try to lock it down now while we have some depth to our roster, because when they get to February and they lose Myers, Nyes, Faber, maybe another one. Your roster is getting smaller then. Oh, yes. So they got to figure out where they are now. And if it costs them a series, it costs them a series. Uh, I was at the rink today. Things look pretty okay. Alaska looked like they were ready to go. So keep our fingers crossed and, and see what happens. But I, I don't think COVID's going away. It is. The well, never now going away. Yeah. It's just, I, I just, I just had this one of these strange feelings, Jess, that it's going to be, a, we could get those like Thursday afternoon. Eh, we're, we're canceling the weekend. I hope not. I, I've just had this weird feeling about it all kind of day. Alaska's been here all week. You know, I mean, they're, they're here. Well, I'm they're, talking they're, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know. I mean, I certainly hope not, obviously. Um, it, it was funny. Um, a few times I've traveled on the team plane to and from, series because they've got extra seats and they've been nice yeah. enough to say hey come on along i mean we we pay for those seats it's not like we're we're yeah. hitchhiking or I'm, I'm out there on the tarmac with a bag going hey east lansing hey everybody going to east lansing no but um i didn't this past weekend and and somebody joked to me uh yeah yeah maybe a good flight of you to skip that that flight home because it sounds like <laughs> a lot of guys in close proximity and and all of a sudden omicron is making its way through uh through at, le- at least a few guys but you know as as a few of the players have said, you know, we're young, we're in shape. No, this isn't going to yeah. knock anybody down for too long. Exactly. You know, fo- folks who have had this, this variant have said, you know, you're sick for a day, you're sick for two days, you get a little bit of a fever, you get some body aches and then it goes away. So um, somebody who, who was out of practice w- with those symptoms on Tuesday might be ready to get play on Friday. Yeah. And then comes along today, Viggs, um, Minneapolis City Paul put in a mandate that you need a vaccine or you need a proof of a, you know, non, you know, negative test. If you want to go to restaurants or any places that serves, you know, food indoors, 
It's going to affect the Timberwolves, going to affect the Wild. But, you know, later today we kind of heard this is maybe not going to affect Minnesota, at least right now. They may change their minds, but right now it looks like they're just kind of keep going as they're going to keep going, right? For some reason, the University of Minnesota gets to be kind of sovereign in how they apply these principles. So as that land-grant institution that they are with all that history, they can kind of follow whatever mandates they want to according to president gable so we'll we'll see what happens i know that the, they'll look at it they'll definitely they'll, look at they'll this. look at it you know they have mike osterholm you know public health expert advising them on what to do and you know he's as much as he's been saying everybody get vaccinated everybody wear high quality masks he's also kind of like you know what's the science say in terms of benefit in terms of changing this stuff so is it really going to help to, to put one of these mandates out. You know, he wrote an op-ed in the Star Tribune with another one of his colleagues where he basically said, doing a mandate isn't going to reach the audience that you want to reach. Yeah. Forcing people to, to have to have vaccinations to attend things is not going to be a motivator for these people. It's almost going to be, you know, poking them with a, you know, a hot poker mm-hmm. in the eye and saying, yeah, get vaccinated or you can't do all the fun stuff. That's not going to work. And, and Jess, is is there a coincidence here that they waited until after the Viking season was over that they announced this? I maybe it was you that floated that that uh, conspiracy theory. I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> my my son and his wife went to the game last weekend. She's a respiratory therapist, so she's been on the front lines of of COVID since mm-hmm. day one and has seen some real bad stuff. And I will say, they wore masks on their own and and did their best to distance from people. And you know, so. At some point, you have to live your life, even if it means mm-hmm. putting a mask on, getting, you know, showing proof of vaccination, all that. I will say this, um, and granted, I'm I'm wearing a press pass, so I'm not just a Joe fan, but Michigan State made a big deal last week. Same deal. You have to wear masks at the game, have to show proof of vaccination, or you have to show a negative COVID test within 72 hours if you're not vaccinated and boosted. I got the message out to everybody. The parents all knew it. You know, everybody was there, knew that. Nobody asked me for it there. <laughs> You know, no, nobody wants said, hey, can I see your vaccination card? I, I, I wore a mask the whole time, obviously, and, mm-hmm. and everybody in the building did. So it's one thing, you know, putting these rules down. It's another thing actually enforcing them. And, you know, some of that might just be to say to people, if you're not boosted or vaccinated, maybe just don't go come to the game. You know, maybe, maybe just watch this one on TV. Ben Holden does a nice job on Big Ten Network. You know, just just listen to him. He'll, he'll be fine. Well, we still got a ton more things to co- cover here. I want to get more into the goalie situation, you know, bringing a, a kid in and Mr. Mr. Close. And obviously we got some games this weekend. Uh, but first, we need to hear from our sponsor. Hey, fellow GPLers. Jerry Peters here from First Class Mortgage. Have you refinanced your home in the last 12 months? If you haven't, chances are you should. Record low interest rates and skyrocketing home values make this the perfect time to remove monthly PMI while improving your interest rate at the same time. You can also use the equity in your home to finance those home improvement projects. Or you can consolidate high interest rate credit cards into one new low monthly payment. To hear more, call or text me today at 612-940-3291. You can email me at jerry at firstclasscorp.com. Or you could go to firstclassmortgage.com to fill out a free online application. Mention the GPL podcast and receive a $300 closing cost credit. Some restrictions do apply. First Class Mortgage's NMLS number is 322842 minus 480200. This is not an agreement to lock into an interest rate under Minnesota law. 
First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender. And, of course, we always thank Jerry for sponsoring the GPL podcast. Um, because we didn't get a chance to get into it too much here, but uh, obviously with Mr. LaFontaine moving on, it looks like it was a good thing that uh, Motsko put, uh, had played uh, Mr. Close in those two exhibition games, and he played him the entire game. Probably a good choice. His thoughts were different. Got to have some kind of guy who's had some time, a solid backup. Never in his la- never did he ever think he's going to be losing a tender to the pros. But what do we have here in Mr. Close? I mean, he's been talking up the closer for the last two years. Mm-hmm. You know, even last year, despite Mo getting some time in the net, it seemed like Bob always was like, closer's an option. He's he's really a battler yeah, out there. He, he didn't like Mo. They that was kind of a weird thing. <laughs> and I think we might have the same thing going on with the current Boynton presumed number two. I, I I know Boynton had a great year last year in the USHL. You know, made a lot of uh, pride for himself, and it, it hasn't translated. And for whatever reason, you know, not being ready to practice, being in shape, having some medical stuff pop up getting sick you know bob has not liked that and like i said earlier it's been frosty when his name's been brought up but closer always a reliable guy i think he's a battler a guy who attacks pucks you know aggressive goalie he has to be he's the two-time saskatchewan junior hockey league goalie of the year so he had a lot of good experience there uh, but he's gonna have to be active i think in in goal to to protect the net you know he doesn't have the big size like some of the past goalies like LaFontaine, like Robson, um, or like Mo. So he's he's a different kind of goalie. So, you know, this will be a good test for him to get a long stretch as teams get a look at him. And, and it's probably a good thing that he's getting thrown in against Alaska. Not to disparage Alaska at all, Jess, um, but a week later Michigan comes to town, and that's a little bit different. It's, it's good to get thrown in in real competition against somebody who's not in you know, top three pairwise. Um, and I was thinking about just kind of the, the twists of fate that we've seen in the last few months. You know, this Alaska series was supposed to be played the opening weekend of October. This was mm-hmm. supposed to be the, the opener. And, you know, like you kind of alluded to, yeah, Thursday morning, we got a press release. Oh, by the way, we're not going to play tomorrow. Um, <laughs> one of those kind of deals. So this was supposed to be a bye week. They were supposed to be uh, play Michigan State and then be off for a weekend and then play Michigan. Um, at first I thought, well, that's kind of lousy that you have to have a series in there when you could rest up for, for a showdown with Michigan, but it's pretty rare. They've always had some kind of week off. Now it's just straight all the way through. Um, it's actually worked out pretty well because we'll think about Justin Close being put into this role where he's all of a sudden the starter and, and, you know, he didn't talk officially to the media yesterday, but Mm -hmm. waiting outside to, to talk to another player, he came by and we kind of exchanged pleasantries. This is a guy that just seems absolutely even keeled at all times. Oh, you know, the, the players say it always a smile on his face, uh, you know, knows, knows what he's there for, knows his role. You know, he has fun on the ice. Uh, ben Meyer said he's one of those guys, you know, you don't skate through his crease in practice because you're going to get tripped or you're going to get hacked. I mean, he's just, he's just <laughs> one of those guys, you know, that that's having fun out there. So it's nice for him that he can get in and play a couple games this weekend. Uh, against Alaska and, you know, take nothing away from Alaska, but, you know, those are two games the Gophers fully intend to win. Get a couple games, a couple, you know, some live ammo, as I like to call it, under uh, under mm-hmm. his belt before he has to to play against Michigan. And, you know, the Wolverines are still the Wolverines. And, and now 
keep in mind, Justin Close is the last gopher goalie to play against Michigan because he got mm-hmm. the third period in that uh, in that Saturday night loss. So, you know, they'll be looking at him going, oh, you again, you know. So, Viggs, how does this mess up the entire goalie situation? You know, it, it wasn't looking great in the first place. You know, it's looking like, oh, Boynton, what's going on there? Is this another Mo situation? He's not good with the coach. LaFontaine leaves. Uh, it's sounding like, <laughs> Jess, you were talking earlier before we went on the air, like we're hoping they don't announce it, you know, tonight that, that they're going to sign this uh, Bartoskiewicz guy. Um, but, Viggs, this kind of does mess things up. I mean, in the whole recruiting line, or does it just kind of force him to say, Hey, this is what we're going to do. I don't think it's ideal. If you Mm -hmm. were building a college hockey pipeline of goaltending, you would not want to have Jared Moe leave at the point that he leaves because he's of the age where he's having a pretty good season for Wisconsin. And then the next guy you bring in Brennan Boynton, maybe is a bit of a miss in terms of, what you were expecting him to add to your program. So maybe that's a miss. And now you're bringing in a goalie who struggled a little bit the first half of his USHL year. Maybe he's finding his game a bit right now, but you would like him to get the experience of having a second half with a team where he's playing well and gets into a playoff situation and gets that experience. Him coming to the Gophers now, I'm not expecting him to start games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is the closer second type half. Of I, and maybe relief if if a game you know gets out of hand or something, you're going to turn but to somebody else. Can I bring up something? Now, one thing that could throw this all off is you know you get close with COVID. All of a sudden, you know, um, Bartoskiewicz is dressing, and just you know one you know injury away from playing, and, and and then there goes a whole year of eligibility. In an ideal situation, we were talking before we went on the air. You know, we'd like to. If this kid's going to come in, yes, he could dress, you know, whatever, not play, and it'd be ideal to redshirt him. Isn't that kind of what you were thinking? I mean, that would be nice if you can get away with it so you protect the kid's eligibility. I mean, he's only 18 and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd, you'd like him to be coming in as a 19-year-old at least, if not a, a 20-year-old. But that's not going to happen right now. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Jess, I just want to know how long will it be till you ask when are we putting Boynton in? Oh come on! You really think I'm going to ask that question with 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 the experience I've had? Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's um, getting so you know it's getting so bad that you know you know we, we have these people chatting here. They will chat, be, putting bets on when you're going to ask about the goalie situation because I use the same software. What's Jess going to do this time? <laughs> nice. nice. I'm not. No. It's, and- uh, so but the thing is, you know, it's a little different now because there isn't that number one guy. I mean, right. you know, let's say a Friday night in Michigan, it's it maybe they win, but it's a five a six five game and game it didn't look great. Maybe or they lose, and there's a little more reason to kind of throw that at Bob, which I'm sure he'll give you just a smart ass response. But <laughs> we have ways to ask this question that's not so controversial. <laughs> We'll, was, we will we'll workshop it a little bit. <laughs> well, I was going to say, okay, number number one, um, and I'm I'm not saying you said this, Eric, but I, I'm not ready to give up on Brennan Boynton. You know, uh-huh. just just because he's had a rocky, we first. haven't seen him play. Yeah, I, I I I have no idea if he's ever stopped a puck. I haven't, you know, I've <laughs> no, I've watched him in practice. Um, for people who don't know, okay, <laughs> interesting story. I'm at the Frozen Four last year. I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm up in the press box. I have a son who goes to Iowa State, okay? 
So my son texts me. This is, I think it was Thursday night or maybe Saturday night at the Frozen Four. I can't remember which. My son texts me and says, I'm in Des Moines. We went to the Buccaneers game with a bunch of bunch of his guys from his frat. Oh, cool, fun. He says, the Fargo goalie is heading to the Gophers. I said, oh, yeah, Brennan Boynton. Yeah, you know, he's supposed to be a good goalie. Let me know how he looks. Literally five minutes later, my son texts me and says, your goalie just collapsed on the ice. Okay, so scary situation. But at the end of the first period of a game in Des Moines, Brennan Boynton was having some breathing issues and not getting enough air. And he collapsed, like had to be helped by medical professionals. He went to the hospital that night. Turned out he was fine. But uh, but, you know, just one of those real scary moments. But that was kind of the first sign that there was some trouble. He wound up having a kind of a minor surgery to correct some breathing issues because he was, you know, not getting enough oxygen or something like that. So that kept him out part of the year. Um, he hasn't been a full participant in a lot of practices. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, that wears on coaches just for the simple fact that, let's face it, coaches don't, generally don't like to think about goaltending. They want to put one guy in there. They want Jack LaFontaine to start 58 out of your last 60 games. Um, they don't like being asked about it. I know this for a fact. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that, that's just the way go- the coaches are with goalies generally. So, um, you know, that that's where we are with, with Brennan Boynton. I, I don't think this is uh, necessarily a miss. I just think we, we don't know yet. It's an incomplete. I just base a little my mindset based on how we saw Bob handle Jared Moe. Yeah. And and the frosty relationship there. And maybe Moe was expecting a different college experience when he committed. And Bob said, you know what? I give everybody a chance. And and Jared took that to heart and said, okay, you're going to give me a chance. And then he didn't feel like that was maintained. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's tough when you have Jack LaFontaine playing the way he did last year. But if you want to keep your players, you know, there's the PJ Fleck mindset of you're always recruiting your team. You are always recruiting your team, especially now in the transfer portal era when guys can just leave whenever they want. Maybe it's not the best decision for them. Maybe they don't have a landing spot, whatever, but you're always recruiting your team. And and I think that's, that's a new mindset for a lot of people in college athletics. Mike, Mike Eves. Mike Eve said that maybe eight years ago when he was at Wisconsin, he said, you recruit a kid to get him here and then you recruit him to stay. And even more so now in the era of the transfer portal and all that. But it's funny talking about goalies because I think back maybe 15 years ago, uh, I think it was Kellen Briggs was the goalie for the Gophers at that time. We get to about February 10th or so and Kellen Briggs hits a wall and had a couple of uncharacteristic games in a row where, you know, there, there were a few soft goals and we just, hey, we haven't seen that before. So we start asking Don Lucia, you know, are you going to make a change in goal? Are you are you thinking about maybe giving Kellen a rest? And Kellen was one of those guys like LaFontaine who was just like an every night goalie. You, you mm-hmm. never had a question about who was going to start. It was always going to be Kellen Briggs. And I'll never forget this. Don Lucia says, you know, no, er, er, Kellen's our guy. You know, we're going to ride him. And he said, Michigan has had the same goalie for 16 years. Thinking of, you know, Steve Shields, who comes in and plays every game for four years, and then he's replaced by Marty Turco, who comes in and plays every game for four years. It's just that was the way Michigan did things. You found one goalie, you played him four years, and that was it. And I think every coach in their mind wants to do that. <laughs> yes. 
Well, and in college hockey, you know, the biggest thing with goaltending is the mental stress of being a goalie. And I think that was one of LaFontaine's biggest strengths is even if there's a bad goal, you know, he's going to compose himself and be ready for the next shot. I think yep. there's a lot of other goalies in hockey that we've seen where, okay, floodgates are open, start putting pucks on net. You're yep. looking for a goalie that's got that mental capacity to, to have the, the mind of a goldfish and just forget it. Anybody remember the 2000 national championship game? Adam Hauser gives up a Adam Hauser gives up a bad goal at the start of the third period. And all of a sudden, anytime Maine was over the red line, they were putting it on net. I mean, teams smell blood in the water. Mm-hmm. And and to Adam Hauser's credit, he had been great in the semis against Michigan. And he kept the gophers in the game long enough for Matt Kowalska to tie it with the with the goalie pulled and Grant Patoni to win it on a power play. But that was just the prime example of, hey, this guy's struggling. Get pucks in his face. Because that go-ahead goal by Maine was brutal. Yep. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. Well, okay, Viggs, another ugly thing came up this weekend, and I'm going to put it up here on the screen. Injuries. Nelson looks like he's going to be out maybe five, six weeks. Pitlick, two to three weeks. Um, uh, and... That's just not good considering we've got COVID issues and then, you know, we've got players leaving in February. Uh, That's the one thing they've been fairly lucky about, at least serious injuries. Well, up to this point, a lot of the players have been able to play through their injuries. Yes. Like Ben Myers was not obviously healthy in the first half. He's healthy now. Wow, what a difference. (laughs) Uh, when, When he's feeling good, watch out, everybody. So this is just something they're going to have to deal with. Um, it's unfortunate, you know, it looks like Pitlick's had a couple issues now where he's gotten some upper body injuries. Um, time will tell if he can, you know, get past that, but this is definitely a chance for guys in the bottom of the lineup to make an impression because they're going to need to be there and, and be part of the lineup in February as well. You know, we're going to see guys like fish and probably Schmidt here coming up, get opportunities to play. And it, it'll be interesting to see if they can take advantage of it. I know, Bob's looking at maybe adding a skater. Who knows what it's going to be? I I don't think he'll be looking quite like he did with the goalie and just grab a guy out of junior. They might be looking for guys on campus. You know, a place like Minnesota, there's a lot of former hockey players around on campus to pick from, and maybe that's good enough. It's a lot easier to pick a skater and insert him in, you know, spot duty here. You can play a top nine pretty hard in college hockey, especially with TV timeouts and whatnot. So I think that's probably a better solution there. You know, find a guy like Colin Schmidt who, you know, transferred into the business school for that and uh, try to get him to get in shape by practicing. And if it's a guy that's, you know, not at the school already, Jess, he's, you know, he's got till the 17th, kind of with, you know, Butterskavich. Um, time is ticking. They do need to get people on campus soon if they want to add anybody. I, I kind of wondered if they'd bring in a defenseman. When you're looking at mm-hmm. uh, potentially losing uh, f- losing favor for three key series in February, um, your defensive core is not that deep to start with. You know, uh, he played Matt Denman in the exhibition games, but frankly didn't play him much. So I'm, I'm just wondering how much confidence they have um, in a guy like Denman to be, to, you know, take a, a spot in the top six if things get thin. Yeah, you have Carl Fish and Carl Fish has played played great, you know. Yes. I kind of I, I kind of joke that I think Sam Rossini is still in the transfer portal. Maybe uh, maybe call him up, get him get him back in here. But, uh, 
Uh, hey, I believe Rossini still has his uh, his Twitter avatar is the University of Minnesota jersey. So, yep. Sam Rossini, by the way, trivia. Uh-oh. Oh, only go forever score a goal against Jack LaFontaine. Oh, when he played for Michigan. <laughs> when he played for Michigan, yeah. <laughs> I, There's uh, a lot I of fans a... who probably want to be big Rossini fans now. Yeah, I did, I did a whole story about it uh, a year or two ago that, that, you know, I went back and looked at LaFontaine's record. That I think he played two career games against the Gophers, and the one goal he gave up was to Sam Rossini, and it was this shot from the blue line that had to hit about three Michigan skates and a shin pad and goes in, and and, uh, and Rossini joked, yeah, we replicate that all the time in practice. I just have to have guys lined up in the right order. <laughs> But, but it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, Viggs, you know, my, Bob was saying, hey, these next kind of three weekends are huge. I mean, obviously non-conference, but it's kind of a see where close is at this weekend, should win. And then you go right back into Big Ten play against, against Michigan. And you it's, and really right now, every, the, the top four teams are within a few points. So these games are so crucial to do as best as you can before you start losing those three guys, maybe four or whatever we in you know in February. I think it'll be well, three. By the way, I don't think it's going to be four. Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't think. Yeah, if it's they pick another D, I don't think it would be Johnson. I he wasn't doing so great. Well, I will say this: I talked to Ryan Johnson yesterday. He said he has not been invited to the Olympic team. So, um, and, and that could change tomorrow. You know, somebody could get COVID. Somebody could roll an ankle. Whatever you know, and I, and I think they're pretty high on Ryan Johnson. I love his game. Just because who's he's so... going to be the other goalie for the USA? Will they go after McKay? It, I, why would it not be Dryden McKay? I mean, seriously. I mean, I, is there I, a is there a better American goalie of that age out there? Not right now. I don't think there is. No. And the other, I mean, they've already announced Strauss Mann, right, Viggs? Yep. Now, you know, just ask a Minnesota State fan who the best college hockey goalie is, and then they're going <laughs> to tell you. It's a little easier now that Jackson, the NHL. But I will say <laughs> that I, I think Minnesota has to look at this weekend as we've often talked about how a bad loss Ooh. hurts you more than a good win. Yes. So I think this weekend is one of those critical weekends where you you can't lose. You you could tie and, and you know mm-hmm. lose in overtime or something like that, but you cannot lose one of these games. Because Minnesota has put themselves in that kind of pairwise situation where bad losses are really bad for them. And playing Alaska, you know, they they did okay against Maine and Denver here the last couple weekends. Can I answer a question on the chat, by the way? Go for it. Someone named uh, Eric Brever, I believe it is. Eric. Eric uh, Brever, yeah. Says Jess uh, Warroad or Hermantown this year. Um, If you want to go to Sam's Club, go to Hermantown because they have one. If you're looking for hockey, uh, oh. the, answer is, the answer is always war out. No, but uh, all joking aside, uh, <laughs> you talk about a huge high school hockey game. Uh, Saturday, 5 p.m. in Hermantown, war out and Hermantown play each other. And, man, that, that'll be a fun one. Two, two, two great programs and, and really good teams this year. So uh, I don't remember what it's like to have a high school program that's good. <laughs> and, and, by the way, war beat Rozo last week 5-0. Uh, and the next day, I, I was at practice. Um, sadly, Eric Hewlett, or excuse me, Aaron Hubin wasn't available. But I said to Brian Deutsch, my friend, I'm like, "Will you just make sure you tell Aaron I said hi?" That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Deutsch, are you watching? 
We want to get do- his, he's got his hands full. He's got a, yeah. a little child dealing with he's got, he's got hair closures and Bartoskevich coming in. Bartoskevich coming how about, in. How about this for irony? What if the US mandates. Olympic team what if the US Olympic team names their second goalie and they pick Owen Bartoskevich? <laughs> oh, I'm not saying but, it won't happen. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. We don't know. No one's we, saying we anything don't know. Yet. No we one's confirming. Know. Or denying. Jess, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts real quick. Yes. On uh, Michigan being cowards and not playing Western Michigan. What were your thoughts on that? Because uh, our friend Brad Schlossman, I've never seen him that kind of, I should say, vocal on Twitter and on his feelings about that. Uh, Viggs, both and I, I thought it was a bunch of BS. I mean, come on, you got to play. You got a full roster. What were your thoughts on that? I'll preface it by saying this. Um, I have always liked Michigan's coach. Good guy going back to his days yeah. as, as an assistant. Uh, he did great things at Michigan Tech. You know, he's been a, a proven winner everywhere he goes. Always gotten along with Mel Pearson. You know, he, he's one of us. He played at Edina. You know, he's... Yeah, he's, he's, Edina. He's, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I have a great relationship with Mel Pearson. Um, we had talked a little bit about him actually coming on the podcast that I host with McHatton and kind of telling his side of the story. He initially said yes. And then I think he may have gotten some advice from the uh, PR folks at Michigan. And, and then they said, you know what, it's time to move on. We don't want to rehash oh. this. With that, all of that said, um, it doesn't look good. I mean, it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. There, it, you know, as, as I said to some friends in East Lansing who have very strong opinions about the University of Michigan, as you might, <laughs> might understand, I said, you can hold this up, you know, 40 different ways. And in, and in, there's no lighting where you can hold it up and go, oh, yeah, now it makes sense. I just and I get the official word that the medical staff came to them and said, you can't play two games. You can only play one. And and, you know, with with Mel Pearson's background, if you're going to pick one of the two games to play, you're going to play Michigan Tech, not only because it's a game that you should be able to win, but because he's a Michigan Tech guy. He coached there. He's got friends there. They've come from eight hours away or whatever the drive is to Houghton. Whereas, you know, you can go to Kalamazoo in, in an hour and a half or, or whatever from Ann Arbor, all of that. Um, here's my solution. Mel, if you're listening, he's not, but that's okay. Or, or whoever makes the decisions at Michigan, call up Western, call up Pat Fershweiler and say, Hey, pick a Tuesday night. We'll come to your building. Let's play this game. I would think that would be the, the way to rectify it. That would be the gentlemanly thing to do. Let's otherwise, otherwise the NCAA is going to do it for you in a regional. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, I, I think I came up with that almost immediately. Oh, you did. You did. I'm, so, I'm not trying to steal it from you, but that is just good. Please and, put those two together. The first, I don't care if they're the three and five seed, put them in together. And, <laughs> and with that said too, I, I got to make just one more little soapbox pitch here. During the exhibition games, the, the U18 game and the St. Thomas game, you know, I'm on social media and I'm following along and all these people are saying, why would you play this game? It's pointless. Somebody's going to get hurt. You've got nothing to gain. Why would you, why would you even play this game? You know, the, the St. Thomas game, for example. And it's like, you know what? I like watching hockey. I like going to games. I like writing about games. This, this notion that you shouldn't actually play because something bad might happen. It's like, what do you go to practice for? You go because you're going to play a game at the end of the week. That's the whole point of this. So let's get away from this notion that 
you know, it's dangerous if we play or, you know, we don't have enough. Body. Just just play, you know, get, get, get out there and play. And we're hoping we get to play this weekend. Yes. Viggs, Alaska's coming to town. They're already in town. They've been here all week, Viggs, but uh, they play on Olympic ice, too. So this is nothing different for them. Um, we need Minnesota just to just keep their foot on the pedal. And like you said, um, you lose one of these games. That hurts you big time, so they have to be mindful of that. Yep, and this isn't your typical Alaska team. If you were mm-hmm. to, you know, say what's your stereotype Alaska team, a bunch of old kids, you know, BCHL, Albert uh, Junior hockey guys. You know, there's a lot of Europeans on here. They've got good goaltending. You know, they can skate. Uh, it's going to be a good test for Minnesota. You know, you just hope that they don't turn the puck over and feed transition game yeah. for Alaska. So that's that's my big key. Uh I'd like to see the power play look a little bit better. You know, they had seven chances on Saturday, and the one goal was a rebound that popped to Lucius that he put in. I'd like to see more of that kind of pressure, pass off pads, and winning second chances. You know, you go back to that Michigan game uh, where they lost on Saturday, no second chances, no rush opportunities because Michigan really tightened everything up. So Minnesota's can't let teams do that to them. They're going to have to find ways to get in transition. They're going to have to find ways to get second chances. And this is the big debut of Mr. Close, Jess. Um, it's his chance to get in there. Well, you know, right. exhibition, so exhibitions are one thing, but this is the real played, thing now. He's played parts of six games over three years. But, yeah, this will be the first time he he's uh, the guy that they call before the National Anthem. I mean, I, I'm excited for him. I really am. Yeah. And, you know, I did a story last July. I went to the opening night of the, the Beauty League over in Edina, as you say. Edina. Um, Edina, yes, with the clenched teeth. Um, yes. You know, I, I talked to you. And, you know, I show up. Just let's see what's happening. Let's see what's interesting. Well, Justin Close is playing the first game. I hadn't seen him start a game before. So I sat and watched. You know, he had fun. I, I said he gave up six goals that night, which in the beauty league is essentially a shutout because there's no defense. There's no back checking. You know, it's it's breakaway practice, basically. Um, and I did a fun story with him afterwards. And what was interesting then, and this is going back to July, I said, you know, Jared Moe transferred because he wanted more playing time. I said, as long as Jack LaFontaine is here, the writing is on the wall as to whose who's net mm-hmm. it is. Is there any thought that you would enter the transfer portal? He said, absolutely not. You know, I know what my role is. I'm I'm here to to do what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm ready to to be there if, if Jack can't go anytime. But, you know, he, he just was one of those guys that's just kind of accepted. This is what I'm going to do. So how cool for him to get this chance. And 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 I'm I'm really excited for him. All right, Vegas, let's get your predictions on the weekend. I'm hoping you say sweep. <laughs> I think based on the way Ben Myers is playing, yes, he himself will motivate this team to six points. He is just he is winning so many puck battles. He is making so many plays, and I think he's really asserting himself as a leader. You can just tell around the rink, on the bench, Myers is coming into his own and feeling really comfortable. Six points this weekend. And just Ben he is becoming a monster now. He will be key, you know, you know, for this month and then when he gets back from the Olympics. The key to this weekend is the Niners. See? There, I said. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> no, I absolutely. And you know, that was that was kind of fun uh, at those games in Ann Arbor. John Morosi, who does a lot for uh, for various media outlets, is, you know, a really plugged in guy. Does does stuff with 
with NHL Network and a bunch of others and Big Ten Network. He watched uh, he watched Matthew Nye's play, and it was like, whoa, you know, like are you supposed to be able to do that with a body that size? You know, the the hands this kid has uh, from Arizona, you know, all of that. So it's just a ton of fun. Um, I, I really am, am enjoying watching this team. You know, you you. <laughs> I'm reminded a little of, of the old Yankees lineup where, oh, we got this guy out. Well, there's five more guys just like him coming mm-hmm. up right after him. I mean, you find a way to to slow down the Niners for, for a shift. Well, then here comes Walker, Brodzinski, and, and McLaughlin, and that's the next wave. Oh, you find a way to slow down them? Well, here come, you know, what Bob calls the young guns of, of Bros and Huglin and, you know, the, this really talented freshman they've got who are, who are puck-moving guys. I really, I really hate the loss of Jackson Nelson because he, you know, is such an important big body uh, in the middle there. And, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to be without him for a while now. It's, you know, it was a, it was a tough looking injury and tough to see him leave the arena on crutches, but um, you know, but they'll get him back at some point. Um, but Hey, I, I love the fact that Bob said, you know, he, he likes the challenge. He, he's kind of, he's kind of digging it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Viggs, could you think uh, the delay in Nelson's surgery have something to do with COVID? I mean, you never know. You know, the hospitals are having issues with staffing. and Staffing and, you know, non-emergency surgeries. I mean, elective surgeries, obviously gone, but non-emergency surgeries. And probably Nelson also being the close contact, having teammates test positive. You know, that could always factor in how how they want to do things. So. You know, I don't want to speculate too much on that, uh, but I I do think that that Myers line though the thing that makes them so fun to watch is how many pucks they can win back. You know, Nyes and Myers can win pucks back Puck every time control. they go in the corner, and that's got to make Lucius's nights super fun. <laughs> well, I'm saying sweep too. I'm finally back on the bandwagon, Viggs. It, t- it took me last week. I was unsure last week just because they needed to prove it to me, Viggs. Uh, they uh, they had split. All their important series, the whole way into the break, and and uh, I just needed them to prove it. And uh, sixty shots later on Saturday you know, evening, uh, they proved it to me. Hopefully, they can continue it. So I'm going to say sweep as well. Just uh, you, we didn't get anything. Were you saying sweep? You think? Yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah. this is a sweep, and it's not going to be easy. You know, Alaska's a very good defensive no, no. team. They they no, took no. Duluth to uh, to overtime. Uh, you know, zero zero, uh, not too long ago. I think it was about a month ago. Now. This Duluth team can't score. I mean, and not can't score. They they don't score often. They're mm-hmm. they're they they don't have a ton of of offensive firepower on that, on that Bulldogs team. Um, granted, they don't necessarily need it all the time because they they find ways. Uh, yes, they, there's 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 a system there that just seems to seems to work. But uh, so no, anybody going to these games expecting you know six to one and seven to one, I don't think it's going to be that. But no. but eke out a nice three to one win with an empty net goal here and there, and you know what's wrong with that? What you got coming up for the the, the rank live here, Jess? Any big stories you're working on? I'll I'll give you a little teaser. How, how's this for an interesting one? Uh, the assistant coach for the uh, Alaska Nanooks, this guy named Chris Brown, who for the previous about fifteen years was the head coach at Augsburg. Uh, he hmm. left over the summer to go up to to Alaska. He left the Augsburg job open. Uh, Boom May, the former hockey operations director for the Gophers, took that job. He's doing a great job with Augsburg this year. But uh, I sat down with Chris Brown a couple days ago over at uh, at the rink, and uh, you know my opening line was, "So Minnesota just wasn't cold enough." Clearly, you, you, <laughs> after being in the Twin Cities all your life, you decided, you know what, I should go live 
uh, where there's no sunlight also. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a, I, I talked to Chris Brown, had a fun conversation with him, and uh, that, that story will be forthcoming. I may also be writing about uh, Gophers' name to the Olympic team and a, a new goalie added, but, you know, we're, we're waiting official. 4 p.m. tomorrow, ESPN2, the U.S. team will be announced. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on probably their pluses, too. Well, thanks for joining us, Jess. We appreciate you getting back on the show with us. You know, kind of a light week with news, but, you know, we appreciate it. Nothing nothing going on. I'm afraid to get on a plane now. It's like, what's going to happen next? <laughs> Viggs, you got anything in the hopper? What's going on with you? Uh, we're going to have some clips uh, breaking down some of the things I've seen in the Gophers game uh, for Friday. Yeah, because I know you, you're the one who found the the – the Pitlick injury, people kind of appreciate when you can go out there and find when these things happen because people are like, when did that happen? I didn't see anything. Yep, so some of the things we've been talking about, you can yeah. look on Friday and you'll you'll see some clips of them. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the GPL podcast. You know, We'll be back next week to you know recap uh, this series with, uh, with uh, Alaska and then uh, preview the big series with Michigan. We're going to have Chris Long on with us next week. Um, so that'll be fun to get him on the show for the first time. For those of you watching live, we're going to have some overtime coming up next. For the rest of you, we'll catch you next week on the GPL Podcast. 